Chapter Seventeen of In the Arctic Seas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In the Arctic Seas by Captain F. L. McClintock. Chapter Seventeen. Today, second July, I took a long and delightful walk, but shot only two ducks. Peterson went in another direction and got nothing. Christian, after toiling all day in his kayak, returned with only two divers and a duck. Lately, he has obtained for us several king and long-tailed ducks. No eider ducks have been seen. Two red-throated divers and two brent geese, and caught an ermine in its summer coat. Yesterday, one of the men brought on board a trout weighing two pounds. He saw a glaucous gull and a fox disputing for it. The former seems to have killed and brought it to land. The water now washes the south side of the Fox Islands, and extends to the south point of Long Island. The month of June has been somewhat warmer than usual, its mean temperature being plus thirty-five and a half degrees. Ninth, The ship has been thoroughly cleaned and restowed, remaining provisions examined, tanks filled with fresh water, twelve tons of stone ballast taken in, and everything brought on board that was landed last autumn. Hobson is the only one upon the sick list, but he is able to walk about and does duty. Very few birds and only one small seal have been obtained during the week. An occasional great northern diver is seen, and a rare land bird has been shot. We cannot discover the nests of either ducks or geese, and the breeding cliffs of the gulls being inaccessible, we have not got any eggs. I am a close prisoner at the corner of my table, poring over my observation and angle book, and have at length laid down upon paper the west coast of King William's Land to my satisfaction. Tidal observations are commenced, and the aneroid and mercurial barometers are again being compared in order to verify the former. 16th, Saturday night. We are now almost ready for sea. There is a much larger space of water in Bellow Strait, reaching within 300 or 400 yards of us. Long cracks or lanes of water have been seen in Prince Regent's Inlet. The decay of the ice continues, though not with equal rapidity, yet with very satisfactory dispatch. Westerly winds and clear weather prevail. Christian has seen two reindeer this week, and has shot a very few birds and seven seals. As these creatures lie basking upon the ice, he crawls up to them behind a small calico screen, fitted upon a miniature sledge about a foot long, on which there is a rest for the muzzle of his rifle, and a slit in the calico through which he fires it. The seals afford an average weight of thirty pounds of excellent fresh meat, which we relish greatly, and consider much better suited to our present condition than such poor venison as reindeer would furnish at this season. A single hare has been shot, the white fur has nearly all disappeared, and left exposed the summer coat of dull lead colour. Several small birds not common to the northward are found here. Insects abound, the doctor is perpetually in chase, unless busily occupied in grubbing up plants. Young is surveying the harbour, Hobson fully occupied in preparing the ship for sea. I have been giving some attention to the engines and boiler, and hope, with the help of the two stokers, to be able to make use of our steam power. The men have received my hearty thanks for their great exertions during the travelling period. I told them I considered every part of our search to have been fully and efficiently performed. Our labours have determined the exact position of the extreme northern promontory of the continent of America. I have affixed to it the name of Murchison, 
after the distinguished president of the royal geographical society the strenuous advocate for this further search and the able champion of lady franklin when she needed all the support which private friendship and public spirit could bestow twenty third the ice in prince regent's inlet is broken up into pack but the prevalence of easterly winds keeps it in close upon the shore the ice about us is very much decayed holes through it in many places no reindeer seen this week and only two seals procured one of them shot by christian the other was killed by a bear which ran off before samuel could come within shot of him a fox a gull a couple of ducks and one or two lemmings complete our game list for the week yet our two eskimo are indefatigable in the pursuit we eat all the birds and seals we can shoot as well as mustard and cress as fast as we can grow it but the quantity is very small we sometimes refresh ourselves with a salad of sorrel leaves or roots of the little plant with lilac flowers of snapdragon shape named pedicularis hirsuta the seine has been hauled in the narrow lake at the head of the harbour but as it was not well managed only a dozen small trout were taken though several were seen we have tried for rock cod but without success the relics of the lost expedition have been aired exhibited to the crew labelled and packed away the doctor has been dredging lately a record detailing our proceedings has been placed in a cairn upon the west point of depot bay first august a long continuance of unusually calm bright and warm weather has been favourable to our painting and cleaning the ship scraping masts and so forth the result is that she looks unusually smart and gay and our impatience to exhibit her and ourselves at home is much increased with the exception of a few gulls and a duck our hunters have shot nothing lately although constantly out either darting about in their kayaks or ranging over the hills in fact there is nothing which they can shoot the ducks are tolerably numerous but extremely wild the valleys are respectably clothed with vegetation yet only one animal a hare has been seen i was so fortunate as to shoot a snowy owl the flesh of which was white and tender but to my palate tasteless although peterson considers that owl is the best beef in the country on thursday night we found the harbour ice to be quietly drifting out of course taking us with it the night was calm the current in bellow straight very strong we were almost helpless under the circumstances and therefore felt the danger of our position to warp the ship along the ice edge out of the way of the shore of the rocks as it turned around and drifted along the cliffs to the westward gave us some hours occupation at length it stuck fast between fox island and the main at turn of tide on friday morning it began to drift eastward and by this time being much broken up and a breeze coming to our aid we managed to extricate ourselves and reach a secure anchorage in point kennedy on saturday night some ice that was left came drifting out of the inner harbour and obliged us to slip our cable but after a few hours we regained our berth in safety and have since been undisturbed there is no immediate prospect of escape but we expect a prodigious smashing up of the ice whenever a strong wind springs up to set it in motion to-day the steam was got up and with the help of our two stokers i worked the engines for a short time it is very cheering to know that we will still have steam power at our command although by the deaths of poor mr brand and robert scott we were deprived of our engineer and engine driver the mean temperature for july has been forty point one four degrees which is above the average for this region the july temperatures have usually varied from thirty six degrees to forty two degrees all are now in good health but hobson is still a little lame the issue of lemon juice has been reduced to the ordinary allowance of half an ounce daily 
as we have but little that is really good, lest another winter should become inevitable, which, I can devoutly say, may God forbid. Monday night, 8th. Very anxiously awaiting an opportunity to escape. We have constantly watched the ice from the neighbouring hills, including the lofty summit of Mount Walker, named after the doctor, who was the first to ascend it, 1,123 feet, from which Fury Point can be distinguished, but nothing very cheering has been seen. We had a northeast gale, accompanied by rain and a considerable fall of the barometer a few days ago, and as it blew freshly from the westward this morning, I went to a hilltop and saw that much ice had been broken up in Brentford Bay, and that there were streaks of water along the land between Possession Point and Hazard Inlet. This water, however, was not accessible to us. The ice about Pemmican Rock was in much the same position as we found it last year, but Bellow Strait was perfectly clear. All the ice in this harbour, in Depot Bay and Hazard Inlet is gone, by far the greater part having decayed, not drifted away. Later in the day, and from the loftier hilltops, a good deal of water was seen off Cape Garry, and a water sky beyond. It now blows very strongly from the south-west, the most desirable quarter, and as the anxious desire to escape has become oppressive, it is not to be wondered at that now our hopes have become extravagant. We may even make a start to-morrow. On the other hand, a careful examination of our provision store shows that, should we be obliged to spend another winter here, we must curtail our allowance of meat, fresh and salt, to three-quarters of a pound, and have to use but very indifferent lemon juice. The spirits, I rejoice to say, will very shortly be entirely expended. On the morning of the third instant, when the rain ceased and northeast gale sprang up, two claps of thunder were distinctly heard. This occurs but very rarely in these latitudes. There is ample occupation for the men, but not much for the officers. As for myself, I write a great deal, and work occasionally at our chart of discoveries. The only refreshment I indulge in is an occasional dive into packets of old letters. All yesterday the harbour was full of ice set in by southerly and westerly winds, and so closely packed that one might have walked over it to the shore. Today it has nearly all drifted out again. The subjoined list will show what game we have been able to obtain by constant and arduous labour from the resources of these regions during nearly two years' sojourn. Game list. Eight months in the pack, 1857-58. to 58. Bears, two. Seals, 73. Dove keys, 38. Foxes, one. Eleven months in Port Kennedy, 1858-59. to 59. Bears, two. Deer, eight. Hares, 9. Foxes, 19. Ptarmigan, 82. Wild fowl, 98. Seals, 18. At Port Kennedy, several ermines and lemmings were also caught. The ptarmigan all disappeared after 1st April. Only two dovekies were seen, one in winter and one in summer plumage. A few seals were seen as early as the month of February. Ducks, geese and gulls were the usual kind of wild fowl killed. During the four months occupied in sailing from Davis Strait to Bellow Strait, many looms and rotches and five or six bears were shot. Wednesday 10th. The southwest wind proved a good friend to us. By the morning of the 9th it had moved the ice off shore and cleared away a passage for us out of Brentford Bay. We started under steam at 11 o'clock yesterday morning, and passing round Long Island made sail along the land towards Cape Garry there being a channel about two or three miles wide between the pack and the shore. The wind now failed us, and I experienced some little difficulty in the management of the engines and boiler, 
the latter primed so violently as to send the water over our top gallant yard and the tail valve of the condenser by some means had got out of its seat and admitted air to the condenser but eventually we got the engines to work well and steamed across creswell bay during the night the pack rested against fury point and an east wind springing up we made fast to a large grounded mass of ice in adelaide bay about quarter of a mile off shore and in three fathoms water at eleven o'clock this morning having managed the engines for twenty-four consecutive hours i was not sorry to get into bed we were hardly out of brentford bay when fulmar petrels and white whales were seen the first we have noticed for eleven and a half months dovekies are likewise abundant and a seal has already been shot creswell bay is perfectly clear of ice but this pale limestone land is the perfection of sterility even with the rugged hills of brentford bay in lively recollection upon the east side of port kennedy the bones of whales were found in two places a mile apart from each other the lowest of them was one hundred and eighty feet above the sea the second was more than three hundred feet high the latter i examined and found a jawbone two ribs a joint of the vertebrae and fragments of other bones all more or less buried in the soil and much heavier than the bones of a recent animal they lay within forty or sixty yards of each other and upon a little flat patch of rather rich earth a rocky hill above and a steep slope below they are also nearly a mile inland of the traces which we have left behind the most considerable are the graves of our two shipmates within the western point of our little harbour they were tastefully sodded round and planted over with the usual arctic flowers there is our record in a conspicuous cairn at the west point of depot or transition bay we left also three cases of pemmican near the east end of the long lake and our travelling boat near its west end at the head of false strait monday fifteenth strong east winds with much rain have imprisoned us here for the last four days and driven the whole pack close in completely filling up creswell bay we remain fast to the grounded ice which shields us from pressure otherwise we should have been driven irretrievably on shore a couple more seals and a white whale have been shot the latter measured thirteen and a half feet long and proved to be a female of ordinary dimensions and of a uniform cream colour the eyes are extremely small and orifices of the ears scarcely large enough to admit a crow quill we dined off steaks of the flesh and prefer it to seal which it very much resembles but is not quite so tender the skin is greatly prized by the greenlanders as an antiscorbutic it is a sort of grisly gelatinous substance nearly half an inch thick and possessing very little taste fried and eaten with fish sauce it reminded me of cod sound though not so good the blubber fills two twenty-gallon casks it produces oil of a quality superior to seal oil not an ounce of the flesh or skin of this huge animal has been thrown away the men having a wholesome dread of scurvy and unbounded confidence in blood meat such as this the doctor has picked up a few fossils very similar to those formerly brought home from port leopold to our great joy the east wind died away this morning and immediately a west wind sprang up which very quickly freshened to a smart gale at four o'clock this afternoon we were able to make sail the ice having moved about three miles off shore passed within a mile of fury beach two hours afterwards and saw the framing of the house the boats and casks very distinctly seventeenth after passing fury beach it fell calm so we steamed up as far as batty bay on tuesday afternoon we were off port leopold running fast when thick fog came on and we got involved in loose ice and seriously damaged our rudder the boats and stores at port leopold appeared to remain as we left them last year 
the flagstaff on the summit of northeast cape over whale point is still standing but not erect fog and ice obstructed our progress during the night but this morning when i came on deck at eight o'clock the day was bright clear and charming no ice visible except about leopold island which was now some miles behind us towards evening the wind became contrary sunday evening twenty first at sea out of sight of land on the nineteenth we were somewhat delayed by loose ice off cape hay but by noon yesterday were close off cape burney and whilst almost becalmed there a mother bear swam off to us with two interesting cubs about the size of very large dogs foolish creatures a volley of rifles decided their fate in a very few seconds not finding any whaling vessels off pond's inlet the land ice which shelters the whales having all disappeared we therefore concluded that the whalers had left in consequence so without seeking for them further south at once changed our course for disco to-day only a few icebergs have been seen there is a good deal of swell so we tumble about roast veal has appeared amongst the delicacies of our table since the batture of yesterday and christian has asked for a portion of the old bear to carry home to his mother bear's flesh is really considered a delicacy in greenland twenty fifth be calmed off hare island and getting the steam ready we are only one hundred and eight miles from godhavn and the anxiety to clutch our letters has become intolerable no pack ice has been met with in our passage across baffin's bay but many icebergs this morning the lofty snow-clad land of norsok and disco was beautifully distinct and at the same time the wind died away leaving us at least the opportunity to contemplate at our leisure their gloomy grandeur twenty sixth steamed for ten hours last night fair winds and calms have alternated since then but this evening we are within twenty miles and hope soon to get into port i have been reading over young's report of his spring journey it comprises seventy-eight days of sledge travelling and certainly under most discouraging circumstances leaving the ship on seventh of april he crossed the western strait to prince of wales land and thence traced its shore to the south and west on reaching its southern termination cape swinburne so named in honour of rear admiral swinburne a much esteemed friend of sir j franklin and one of the earliest supporters of this final expedition he describes the land as extremely low and deeply covered with snow the heavy grounded hummocks which fringe its monotonous coast alone indicating the line of demarcation betwixt land and sea to the northeast of this terminal cape the sea was covered with level flow formed in the fall of last year whilst all to the northwestward of the same cape was pack consisting of heavy ice masses formed perhaps years ago in far distant and wider seas young attempted to cross the channel which he discovered between prince of wales island and victoria land but from the rugged nature of the ice found it quite impracticable with the means and time remaining at his disposal young expresses his firm conviction that this channel is so constantly choked up with unusually heavy ice as to be quite unnavigable it is in fact a continuous ice stream from the northwest his opinion coincides with my own and with those of captains omani and osborne when those officers explored the northwestern shores of prince of wales land in eighteen fifty one fearing that his provisions might run short he sent back one sledge with four men and continued his march with only one man and the dogs for forty days they were obliged to build a snow hut each night to sleep in as the tent was sent back with the men but latterly when the weather became more mild they preferred sleeping on the sledge as the constructing of a snow hut usually occupied them for two hours young completed the exploration of this coast beyond the point marked upon the charts as osborne's farthest up nearly to latitude seventy three degrees north but no cairn was found 
Young, however, recognized the remarkably shaped conical hills spoken of by Osborne, when he, at his farthest, in 1851, struck off to the westward. The coastline throughout was extremely low, and in the thick, disagreeable weather which he almost constantly experienced, it was often a matter of great difficulty to prevent straying off the coastline inland. He commenced his return on the 11th of May, and reached the ship on 7th June, in wretched health and depressed in spirits. Directly his health was partially re-established, he, in spite of the doctor's remonstrances, as I have before said, again set out on the 10th with his party of men and the dogs, to complete the exploration of both shores of the continuation of Peel Sound, between the position of the Fox and the points reached by Sir James Ross in 1849 and Lieutenant Brown in 1851. This he accomplished without finding any trace of the lost expedition, and the parties were again on board by 28th June. The ice travelled over in this last journey was almost all formed last autumn. The extent of coastline explored by Captain Young amounts to 380 miles, whilst that discovered by Hobson and myself amounts to nearly 420 miles, making a total of 800 geographical miles of new coastline which we have laid down. Hobson's report is a minute record of all that occurred during his journey of 74 days, and this includes a list of all the relics brought on board or seen by him. He suffered very severely in health. When only ten days out from the ship, traces of scurvy appeared. When a month absent, he walked lame. Towards the latter end of the journey, he was compelled to allow himself to be dragged upon the sledge, not being able to walk more than a few yards at a time. And on arriving at the ship on the 14th of June, poor Hobson was unable to stand. How strongly this bears upon the last sad march of the lost crews. And yet Hobson's food throughout the whole journey was pemmican of the very best quality, the most nutritious description of food that we know of, and varied occasionally by such game as they were able to shoot. In spite of this fresh meat diet, scurvy advanced with rapid strides. After leaving me at Cape Victoria, he says, no difficulty was experienced in crossing James Ross Strait. The ice appeared to be of but one year's growth, and although it was in many places much crushed up, we easily found smooth leads through the lines of hummocks. Many very heavy masses of ice, evidently of foreign formation, have been here arrested in their drift so large are they that in the gloomy weather we experienced they were often taken for islands again at cape felix he observes the pressure of the ice is severe but the ice itself is not remarkably heavy in character the shoalness of the coast keeps the line of pressure at considerable distance from the beach to the northward of the island the ice as far as i could see was very rough and crushed up into large masses here we notice the gradual change in the character of the ice as Hobson left the Boothian shore and advanced towards Victoria Strait. The very heavy masses of ice, evidently of foreign formation, had drifted in from the northwest through McClure Strait. Victoria Strait was full of it, and Hobson's description of the ice he passed over clearly illustrates how Franklin, leaving clear water behind him, pressed his ships into the pack when he attempted to force through Victoria Strait how very different the result might and probably would have been had he known of the existence of a ship channel sheltered by king william's island from this tremendous polar pack hobson left king william island on the last day of may having spent thirty-one days on its desolate shores during that period one bear and five willow grouse were shot one wolf and five foxes were seen one poor fox was either so desperately hungry or so charmed with the rare sight of animated beings that he played about the party until the dogs snapped him up, although in harness and dragging the sledge at the time. A few gulls were seen, but not until after the first week in June. I have already explained how Hobson found the records and the boat, 
he exercised his discretionary power with sound judgment and completed his search so well that in coming over the same ground after him i could not discover any trace that had escaped him i quite agree with him that there may be many small articles beneath the snow but that cairns graves or any conspicuous objects could exist upon so low and uniform a shore without our having seen them is almost impossible sunday evening twenty ninth calm warm lovely weather and we are thoroughly enjoying it in the quiet security of lively harbour or godhaven although friday night was dark we managed to find out the harbour's mouth and slowly steamed into it the inhabitants were awoke by peterson demanding our letters but great indeed was our disappointment at finding only a very few letters and two or three papers and these for the officers only it appears that on the arrival of the whalers in early spring the ice prevented their usual communication with the settlement therefore the letters on board of them were unavoidably carried northward some few however which came out in the true love were landed at the neighbouring settlement of norsoak and from thence were sent back to godhavn it is a rather nervous thing opening the first letters after a lapse of more than two years we received them in our beds at three o'clock in the morning and when we met at breakfast were able thank god to congratulate each other upon the receipt of cheering home news lady franklin and miss craycroft wrote to me from bournemouth in march last they have travelled more than we have i think having visited almost all the countries bordering the mediterranean and black seas posted through the crimea and steamed up the danube i am much gratified to learn that i have been elected a member of the royal yacht squadron during my absence yesterday morning i called upon the inspector mr ulrich who has been home to denmark since i saw him last spring in the autumn he took mrs ulrich and his family to copenhagen and has but just returned alone he received me with his usual kindness and promised me such supplies as we require it so happens that none of my expected business letters have arrived so that i am not accredited in the slightest degree nor is there any hint thrown out as to where i am to take the fox mr ulrich gave me a large bundle of illustrated london news which was exceedingly acceptable and told us that austria was at war with france and sardinia by the latest news a battle had been fought and won by the latter powers most fortunately a navy list had come out to hobson otherwise i think we should have been utterly broken-hearted we study its pages daily and delight in noticing the advancement of our many friends first september thursday night at sea on the passage and already enjoying by anticipation the pleasures of home five busy days were spent in godhaven supplying our little wants in as far as they could be supplied including one hundred gallons of light beer the natives were very useful the men bringing off water stone ballast and sand and a troop of eskimo girls scrubbing the paintwork and the decks each evening the men went on shore taking with them a very limited quantity of rum punch for the ladies and danced for several hours in a large store whilst the officers and myself spent time with mr ulrich or the other danish gentlemen messrs anderson bullbrew and tyner nothing could exceed their kindness to us whilst their good humour and their anecdotes sometimes expressed in quaint english greatly amused us we shall always retain very agreeable recollections of godhavn twice has it been to us an arctic home mr peterson's nieces the bells of the place came on board miss sophia with scented cambric handkerchief and gloves in other respects she adheres to the eskimo costume they were pleased with the organ although it is out of repair and they sang together very sweetly for us our eskimo shipmates christian and samuel were discharged and by their own request their wages were given in charge to mr ulrich and mr bullbrew they seemed to understand the importance of husbanding their wealth christian said he thought it would not all be spent under three years 
first of all he intended buying a rifle for his brother and then some wood to build a house for himself i was gratified very much when i heard them say that the men had treated them very well all the same as brothers and they really seemed sorry to leave the ship they would come on board and look gravely about at everything as if regretting the coming separation even our poor dogs seemed to think the ship their natural abode although landed at the settlement they soon ran round the harbour to the point nearest the ship and there upon the rocks spent the whole period of our stay on tuesday night we set off some fireworks on shore to amuse the natives for i intended sailing next day but the wind prevented my doing so the last day was spent in the interchange of presents between our danish friends and ourselves indeed the sincere hearty good feeling which existed between every individual in the fox and the inhabitants of the settlement was as gratifying as apparent almost the only fresh supplies obtained here were rock cod and salmon trout from disco fjord during our stay the weather was delightful indeed it was the first really fine weather they had experienced at godhaven during the present season the summer having been cold and wet tenth september saturday night to-day we passed to the eastward of cape farewell but about one hundred miles to the south of it the last iceberg was seen to-day and now we are running along swiftly before a pleasant north-west breeze hitherto we have had every variety of wind and weather from a calm to a gale but generally the wind has been favourable the change of temperature is already perceptible saturday night seventeenth september a week of favourable gales has brought us from cape farewell to within four hundred miles of land's end or about eleven hundred miles of distance but such rough weather is not pleasant in so small a vessel however much like a duck she may be and our two years sojourn in the still waters of the frozen north has made us very susceptible of the change End of chapter 17